0: Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power
1: Rangers!
0: Go,
1: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is the final episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Uh, it is the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Go, Sentai Die Ranger. Uh, every week, we have been watching an episode of this show and sharing our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good, man. I'm well.
1: Feeling strong. <laughs> yeah! I'm going to do this thing.
0: Well, episode today, 49. Uh,
1: yeah, well, we, we've got a lot to talk about this week. A so lot to talk Let's get straight into it. Uh, today, we are watching episodes 49 and 50 yeah. of Goosea Sentai Ranger uh, thankfully, they have done us the kindness of not giving away the entire plot in the titles of these episodes. Uh, Which is the first cool of them. one called, It's the Final Decisive Battle, and the 50th episode is called Let's Go!
0: It yeah, I don't know that you can get a whole perfect. lot from that. I mean, if I, aside from the fact that there will be perhaps a decisive battle and that at some point someone will go!
1: I think we can be fairly well done if that's going to happen. Uh, so, let's get into it, Dave. First star, what do we got this week? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back that up. i have already—I've only done this 50 times. Uh, hey Dave, shining in the heavens. Who <laughs> was are gonna five say, stars. man? I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get to these uh, episodes, but we cannot pass by our award-winning segment, Dave. <laughs> shining in the heavens. Shining in the heavens. There are five stars. What is our first star of the week?
0: Our first star of the week, Matt, is that this is the finale episode. This is it. We have done, after this, we have done the entirety of Gosei Sentai Ranger.
1: And like you have
0: come along with us. Look how far we've come now, baby. On this strange journey through Gosei Sentai Ranger. Dude. Can you believe, because this is, okay... We're squishing 49 and 50 into this
1: episode. But right. remember, we also did a bonus episode for the movie. Yeah. So this is actually our 50th episode of the Super Sentai Brothers. And
0: we have been recording for upwards of a year. Because we, we worked ahead a little bit, if you remember.
1: So... Yeah, I think we recorded, we recorded the first episode last year, sometime in July. So yeah, yeah, something like, like that. So we've like been doing this for a year and now, dude. That's crazy. I know. Honestly, if you... Go back and listen to the first couple of episodes. One of the stars in most of them where I cannot believe we've I can't, managed to do more than two I of these things.
0: Right. Wow, man. And now we're looking at season two.
1: Yeah, season two. So uh, here is what is going to be happening. Um, this, as I've said, is the last episode of Living That Die Ranger, but of course, it is not the last episode of the Super Sentai Brothers. Right. Uh, next week, what's probably going to happen. Is that it's going to be the first of two sort of interstitial episodes where Dave and I are going to get together and we're just going to talk about the season as a whole. Sort of our impressions, our experiences doing the whole thing. We'll get a little bit of that at the end today, but we're going to do a full episode, probably not full length, but uh, we're going to do something for you next week where we're going to have a little wrap up. The week after that is going to be another sort of interstitial episode where Dave and I. And if you remember episode, I think it was six of the show seven it was the episode like where that. we did yeah. the movie last year. um we had a couple of guests on it was like a live thing that we did for our annual get together with our friends from college. We're going to do that again, but there's no jetman movie right and so instead, what I've decided we're going to do is we are going to watch the very first episode, the very first series goringer so that's what we're gonna do in two weeks' time. And in three weeks time we are going to start back up season two of the Super Sentai Brothers, Jetman Radio Future. Yes. And then we're gonna do it, and it's gonna be great. It's You're gonna, gonna be love great. Jetman, dude. So thanks for Which joining gives with me us. Three weeks to
0: finish Jetman. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've been listening, thanks so much for listening. We love that you guys love the show. We hope you love it. And uh tell people about the show. It's a good point to jump on, because there's a whole new season, but there's a whole season of backup.
1: Absolutely. So so that's our first star. I, I honestly I could keep talking about how excited I am <laughs> for a while, but I think we've gotten it just across. So yeah. Dave, what is our second star of the week?
0: Okay. Second star of the week, Matt, is something that my wife Beth and I did, and you were there as well actually yesterday. Is that in Conneaut, Ohio, which is a small lake erie side community there is the largest i think they said the largest recreation of d-day of the d-day invasion in the western hemisphere it feels weird to me that they specified in the western hemisphere because i don't feel like there's maybe a lot of d-day recreations going on in the eastern hemisphere but but whatever who knows But, dude, they do a, not obviously, like, full size, but they get, like, 1,500 reenactors to do the Normandy Beach invasion on the shores of Lake Erie.
1: Yeah, the whole thing takes about an hour. Yeah. Uh, And you just sort of gather around the sort of beach and the sort of bluff there to try to get a good view. Honestly uh where we were sitting yeah we did we not see like the main staging area we could see like the left flank of it
0: yeah we should have shown up earlier i don't think we realized like kind of quite how big of a deal this is in coniant the answer is it's a pretty big deal like they really they do it up
1: dude they had what was, uh... honestly what was really cool in the beginning part because since we couldn't see the beach we could kind of only see the things going on overhead and they had a bunch of old World War II planes that they were flying above. Yeah. yeah they were sort of simulating bombing runs Yeah, and stuff. man. And they had a bomber. So for they a had while, some least, jets. Like, the early part of it from our angle was a very loud and smoky air show. Well, because
0: they had, like, artillery sort of pieces, get. I think.
1: There oh was gosh, definitely was an artillery loud. piece. Yes. Yes, there was. There was so much smoke because, you know, there was just a bunch of dudes firing... Yeah, right firing like, off blanks like I don't know if they were inside of their or machine what, guns but... for an hour and cannon fire and tanks and stuff. There was so much smoke that at one point I thought the sun had gone behind a cloud and so I looked up and I looked at the clouds and there were no clouds. It was <laughs> just a huge cloud of gun smoke.
0: <laughs> okay, to be fair, you were wearing sunglasses so things maybe were not quite so dark. Here was the weird thing for me about the D-Day invasion. The reenactment of the D-Day invasion. Uh, So I'm a LARPer, as you know, and it was very weird to look at the reenactment through the eyes of a LARPer. (laughs) Because it's like I was watching them. I was like, oh, okay, so that's where the monsters are like respawning from. Obviously, they weren't monsters. They were, like, the Allied soldiers. But, like, there was, like, a landing craft on the beach. <laughs> it was, like, going back to the NPC shack to grab more guys to bring them back to the beach.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, there were, like, signals going on so people knew when to do certain things. And also, you could really tell who was, like, a super intense reenactor and who had just kind of shown up. You know? Like the the differences in costume were noticeable, because like some guys were spot on, and other people you could see maybe that it wasn't as as detailed. And you know where it comes in, Matt, because it's the same. I can tell you, it's the I know, same thing. I, at like Renfairs, exactly it it's it's the same all over. It's yeah, it's the same at Renfairs, at LARP, at whatever. It's the shoes. It's the shoes. If you were, like, really, that's, like, that's the finishing touch, is to have really period shoes, and, like, all, very few people do it. Our buddy Ben, you know Ben. Yeah. (laughs) I can't, Ben tells this story all the time. He's still angry about it, because he showed up for his very first LARP event at the age of 14, and got penalized because he was wearing... Converse sneakers. Like the rest of his costume was great, but he got penalized for wearing Converse by our friend Bill actually, who has been on the show. <laughs> and so Ben's have I, Do you know the his solution to this? Uh no, I don't think I do. <laughs> his solution was not to get shoes. His okay. solution was to just not wear shoes for like <laughs> okay. 3 years to LARP events. So he just ran around LARP barefoot for 3 years.
1: I guess that solves a
0: problem. It solves a problem. It certainly does. But yeah, man, so if you live in Ohio, if you live by Conneaut, it's like an hour-ish, 50 minutes, like, east of Cleveland. It was totally cool. It was a fun thing for the day. My wife, who is a big World War II enthusiast, as you may or may not know if you listen to the show, has actually signed up to be, like, a recreator for next year. So I think my involvement in this thing is is going to spiral a little bit. We'll see. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs>
1: okay, just let me know if that uh, ends up getting a little out of hand, buddy.
0: <laughs> so what, man, is our third if star I of the week? If I see you
1: start to wear, like, air raid warden costumes around town, then just no, like we might around. have to have a little sit down.
0: Yeah. if It's like at the event, that's fine. If you see me wearing it just, you know, like, to the store, say something. <laughs> Okay. So, what is our
1: uh, third star of the week, Matt? Uh, third star of the week, Dave, is that I last week at work, the cafeteria had a great breakfast special.
0: This Loving is a very low stakes
1: star, but I just wanted to talk to you about it. Okay. So it was a breakfast taco. So it was a uh, it was a Sounds flour good so a flour tortilla, right? Great. They put it on the grill on the griddle. Awesome. Uh, the first layer that they put down on that was cheesy grits on top Ooh. of the cheesy grits they had like a sort of like a cooked bulk chorizo oh man yeah i'm not bored so far uh next they put on some uh
0: oh god that sort of like chihuahua cheese you know what i mean like I'm a, about? like a queso fresco you mean like a precisely so yeah 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 yeah. like that kind of put dry crumbly yeah 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 that stuff's great that sort of like
1: dry crumbly mexican cheese yeah love it let that get a little melty love it uh, on top of that, they put some slices of avocado. And on top of that, they put some uh, pickled red onions. Dude, this is just like the work cafeteria. This is just my work cafeteria. And it's, wow. I'll tell you what, this is the, not a usual breakfast thing for them. Normally, I just get a bagel or a pancake or something. Okay. Because uh, their breakfast is, you know, it's whatever. It's cafeteria breakfast. But <laughs> they just had this golden moment. Shining week. I just had the best breakfast every day, dude. That sounds great. It was the next week when I came in. It was a uh, it was a real sad moment <laughs> when I got my pickle again. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's like maybe the
0: shortest star we've ever done. I just wanted to tell you about that as tacos. I want to eat. I think you know, Matt. All hope is not lost. I feel like you could recreate that at home. I don't think that's beyond the grasp of a home cook. Probably. I'll have to pickle some red onions, but. I may have some. That's not a joke. I think Beth actually has some pickled red onions like sitting in the cabinet somewhere.
1: Well, we may have to take this conversation off
0: the air, but I will (laughs) be in touch about that. Okay, Matt, so D-Day, invasion, delicious breakfast. What is our fourth star of the week?
1: Dave, our fourth star of the week is what I did yesterday after I got back from the D-Day recreation. Okay. Which is that I got home... And I turned on my television, and I watched NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Dude! And Awesome. And Dave, dude, I know that you don't watch wrestling a lot. I know you've gone to a couple of shows with me. Uh, listeners, I don't know to what extent any of you are wrestling fans, but NXT TakeOver Brooklyn was tremendous.
0: Okay, well, lay it on me, man. What happened?
1: I don't want to get into all of it, but,
0: um, oh, by the way,
1: it's, if you don't have the WWE network, it is also, I think all of NXT's stuff is on Hulu Plus, so you can just watch Oh, that's awesome.
0: No, I did not know that.
1: The main thing of it, Mm -hmm. the the thing that really brought me to the game was there was a women's match. It was a women's title match. All right. Uh, that was the, uh, defending champion Sasha Banks versus Bayley. Okay, and I know that you've seen both of these people at the events we went yeah. to, and it was... I'm not going to be able to properly express the sort of, like, emotional build to the match. Okay. I mean, they're both great wrestlers. Oh, yeah, but it's not... It wasn't just the fact that the match itself was really well executed. Okay. It was that, like, those two characters have been on this really long, sort of, kind of parallel path together. Okay. Um, and this is like this like going back and forth,
0: rivals sort of thing.
1: Yeah, basically, they started off around the same time and were both just sort of like, you know, they were kind of jobbers. Got it. And they both sort of developed along very different lines, where Bailey remained the sort of like kind sweetheart who like hugs her fans. She's nice.
0: She's a hugger. I think is her tagline. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Like that's her thing.
1: And Sasha became this very sort of, like, braggadocious, uh, you know, like, she's wonderful, but she's not a nice person.
0: Braggadocio! Not a word that gets enough play, in my opinion.
1: Uh, Anyway, and so they have sort of finally had their final confrontation. Bailey won the belt, and that was an amazing moment. But what was an even better moment was right afterwards, um, the other sort of three... The four main women wrestlers in NXT for a long time have been Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks and Bayley. Yeah, they're great. And Bayley is now NXT champ and she's still in NXT, but the other 3 have all sort of been called up to the main roster. Okay. And so this is probably the last this is probably the last event that they're all still associated with NXT. You know? Oh
0: wow, okay.
1: Like, Bailey's still there, but the other three, sort of after this, this is probably, you know, their sort of launch. This is their swan song, like, they're out. And so afterwards, after the match, like, the two who weren't involved, uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch, like, got into the ring, and all four of them were, like, hugging and crying and, like, holding up their hands together. It was, like, I've got to tell you, dude, I don't, like, cry at a lot of television, but I got very, very close crying watching this uh, <laughs> ladies wrestling match. It was... <laughs> listen, listeners, if you don't watch wrestling, I get it. But I get it. if you're ever going to, but you, you should. should watch some of this NXT stuff. Because it is tremendous. Anyway, I'm not doing it great justice. Uh, <laughs> so we should just move on to the last <laughs> star, I guess. Uh, but that's a recommendation from me to you.
0: Watch yourself some NXT. Matt I keep asking you this but you got a lot of stuff to talk about what is our fifth star of the week okay fifth star of the week very exciting is that um,
1: you are hearing this on Tuesday which means that this Friday I think the episode is going to go up I was a guest on a different podcast awesome uh, this was this happened when you were off in Sweden Dave um, but I recorded an episode with the two guys Michael and Matt from Australia. They have a show called Ranger Danger, where they are basically doing the same thing that we're doing with Super Sentai, but they're doing it with the Power
0: Rangers. Oh, right on. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, yo, these are the guys that emailed. I got an email from them. Yes. You were on it. They're Australian. And it was super fun, you guys. Listen, if you like this show, you should listen to that show.
1: Not just because I'm on it this week, uh, but in general. But that's a good reason. Yeah, they've also, uh, if you want like a good in... If you haven't been watching Power Rangers, but you have been watching Die Ranger, they actually did a few episodes where they watched. They did like special episodes where they watched some Die Ranger. They did the uh, two of the three episodes with the Three Stooges. <laughs> Wait, so they just. They had not. They didn't watch any of the other Die Ranger stuff. <laughs> they, they just jumped just right jumped in. They in uh, to watch. I think the first one they watched was the Three Stooges soccer. Dude, because that... they had seen the costume for company president Gravestone in an and episode of Power Rangers, and just needed to make and that happen. To see
0: where that thing came from, dude. That's dangerous. I I've watched every episode of Ghostly Sentai Die Ranger, and this show still makes very little sense, as far as I can tell. And so, listening to
1: their like completely fresh perspective on those episodes in particular was
0: hilarious. Especially because you know I I know those episodes very well, right. And then one of the guys is going to come join us on our show, right? Yeah, one or both, if we can sort of swing the
1: scheduling, It's going to come on. Um, again, we've got a couple of weeks of sort of interstitial stuff, but right. once Jetman starts back up, uh, we are going to have them over here. Nice. Uh, to sort of show them how the other half lives, because honestly, <laughs> I-, I was watching an episode of Power Rangers with those guys, and it had been a long time since I had seen... That era of Power Rangers specifically, when I say that era of Power Rangers, I mean, like, no, no, no. Not, not the very first. Okay, uh, this is an episode that was really focused on Rocky. Who remember the replacement Red Ranger? Uh,
0: not really, the terrible one. No, man, all I remember is I think it's I had stopped watching Die uh, Ranger Power Rangers at that point. I think. Well, yeah, I don't case. remember that at all. I remember Tommy. I remember...
1: Uh, so, Jason, Zach, and Trini left the show. Right. And they were replaced by Rocky, Adam, and um, Aisha, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and no, I had
0: not... Uh, I don't remember anyway, that at all. I don't think I even saw probably that. probably
1: the worst Power Ranger of all time, and this Ooh. was a Rocky episode. So, oh, bummer. <laughs> but it was fun to talk about. They actually recycled some of the footage that you and I are going to be watching today. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, listen to that, it's called Ranger Danger, you can find it on iTunes and probably other places, um, I think they're at Ranger Danger on Twitter, um, I will talk about it again once the episode goes up, but, it was a ton of fun and it's coming out this week, so you should all check it out. Anyway, we, I think, are done with the five stars, yes? Yep. We are going to take a quick break. Well, not quite a quick break. We're going to take a double break. A break that is twice as long as it normally is. We are going to watch episodes 49 and 50 of Gosei Sentai Die Ranger, and we will come back and talk all about it. Okay, Dave. Okay, listeners. Welcome back. Okay. <laughs> we have just <laughs> finished watching Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. And like last week, I think that we should just skip over the recap and get straight into it. Because
0: there is a lot that's going to be going on here. I tell you what, Matt. Actually, let me do a recap. Ready? Okay, go for Here's it. Here's the recap. The Rangers win, sort of. Mostly. <laughs> like, that's it. Okay. But yeah, let's get into this. Because It's bonkers. <laughs> I mean right. the whole series has been bonkers, but I have been it's... I've been trying
1: to play this pretty close to my chest because the last couple of episodes, this show just gets completely insane in a way that is distinct from how insane it has previously been.
0: Yeah, although it is a comfort that the show ends almost as nonsensically as it begins. Okay, here we go. So the episode starts off
1: reminding you that Doshikaku has just lost a duel and has been stabbed to death with a sword.
0: Right. So he reminds the rangers, or rather, we are reminded that he tells the rangers, you guys are the only ones who can stop Shaddam. Like, his invasion of Earth is imminent, no one will be able to stop him if you do not do this. And then he turns into,
1: like, sparkles and flies away. Right. Becoming one I with the Force.
0: Right, because again, this show is just Star Wars. There's like one or two more straight up Star Wars things in this episode. I'll point them out when we get there. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, he just turns into like Red Sparkles. We don't know why. He just does.
1: Didn't uh, didn't First Lieutenant Shiryu also turn into Sparkles when he died? He may have.
0: I don't know... Maybe that's what happens to good Goma when they die.
1: Maybe that's what happens to all Goma when they die, except that the only other times we've seen Gomas die, there has also been a giant explosion.
0: And so okay. we just couldn't tell. So it's camouflaged. All right. I can make that. <laughs> okay. So Last Ryu- episode, still inventing headcanon to make this thing work. <laughs> right. Okay. So the Rangers have, like, maybe 15 <laughs> seconds where they're just kind of bummed out. Rin is looking sad. Daigo is, you know, they're all kind of weepy. And literally, it it might be 15 seconds later, Ryu turns to the rest of the rangers and just says, how long are you guys going to cry? Yeah, like, we have a job to do. It is time to go (laughs) murder the Goma. (laughs) Ryu, have a heart, man. Kaku died not a minute ago and he is already pretty <laughs> to
1: press the attack. Hey, man, we all, we all move through those stages of grief differently. He's already right. to
0: anger. <laughs> okay, so Shoji opens with, he just says, this is unforgivable, which I feel like maybe he peaked with unforgivable a little bit early, because it's kind of lost its punch for me, you know? I have like long first- suspected
1: that, like, un... Things being unforgivable is a much more common phrase in Japan, because we hear it a lot in this show, and I also see it a lot in other things. Like, I think it gets brought up in Sailor Moon a lot. I get the feeling that that is not, like, a shoji catchphrase. Uh, it's okay. just something that we as Americans are unfamiliar with, and so it seems more like a thing than it actually is.
0: <laughs> okay. I believe you that that may be true, but I hope that it's not. I hope that Shoji is just constantly brimming with a barely contained rage. <laughs> I think that's also true. Okay, so Shadam, this is unforgivable, and Ryo, this is fantastic, Ryo just says, like, all right, we're just going to attack. Like, he just calls for a frontal assault, they tension, they summon their Kaiden beasts, and they just fly straight for the Goma Palace. There's no plan, <laughs> there's no, like, trickery or... Or like consideration or like, you know, believing in themselves like, no, we're just going to show up and we're going to punch Goma in the face until they're all dead. That's the plan.
1: And so they just go on with it. And so we cut to inside Goma Palace, shot him. Everyone is cheering for him because he just won the duel.
0: He's saying, hey,
1: I will be your next Goma. I will be Goma the 16th. And when I am, you better believe that we are going to conquer Earth.
0: Look forward to that. So what I didn't realize, actually, is that Goma, I guess I should have figured this out, is that Goma is an assumed name. Like, it's not, uh, you know, Goma the 15th's name isn't actually Goma. Goma is just the, the name that you take on when you become the emperor of the Goma. So yeah, he's says, actually, I will be
1: yeah. Goma the 16th. And you don't just take on the name. You take on other aspects. We'll, but we'll get to that in Yeah, a we'll
0: get there in a second. Okay. So, so he's are all like,
1: cheering Right. And Everybody's all of a super sudden, into it. Gara breaks in and she's like, hey, Shadam, I have big news. Like, uh, <laughs> Zydos just got killed by the Die Rangers. And when he also- died, he turned into mud and fell apart. And I'm kind of freaking
0: out about it. <laughs> right. Like, she sells it, man. You can see in her eyes that Gara is deeply concerned about what is happening. And <laughs> Shadam is just like, oh, uh, yeah, don't worry about that. I'm going to be going with the 16th, everything's super cool. Just chill just out, like, like have right, some punch, cool.
1: you know, we're all going to hang out by the buffet later, it's going to be cool.
0: <laughs> right, have and is kind of amazed, she's like, she seems surprised. Like, she clearly though thought
1: she feels like Shadam did not just hear her, like, wait, no, like, Zytos <laughs> is dead and was mud, like, this is what, fig, do you thing, right?
0: Did you not catch that?
1: I realize you in a good mood right what?
0: now, and he just totally blows it off. Right. I mean like she clearly hears her and is just like, Yeah, don't worry about it. It's it's fine. So then somebody runs in and says, like, holy crap, the die rangers are just attacking the palace.
1: And Shaddam says, Oh, um, well, let's go fight them, guys. Okay. Go. Imperial guard, go fight them.
0: Okay. Here is Real the quick. next
1: Star Wars thing.
0: Right, he summons the Imperial Guard, and they are dressed in red.
1: Yes, they are his Because, again, this is
0: just Star Wars, and the Imperial Guard dresses in red. I do want to point something out, though, that despite the fact that the rangers summon their Kaiden beasts as part of this attack, they are just attacking in person.
1: Yeah, like, they summon the Kaiden beasts as vehicles to get to the Goma Palace, I guess, and never actually use them to attack it.
0: Right, I don't... It's like, guys, you're already, <laughs> you're already flying giant attack robots. Why not just turn into Darbino and punch this thing? Because the episode would be over very quickly. But, narratively, it bothered me. So anyway, so they're attacking. Now, Shottam summons are, his Imperial the way, Guard. There are
1: two other members of the Imperial Guard. There are the oh, red yeah. foot of Botaros, and then there are two guys who look like Color variant or knockoff versions of uh, First Lieutenant Shiryu yeah. and, uh, like, Kaku's battle armor.
0: Oh, you know what? I did not notice that that was the case, but you're totally right. I think they just got the costumes and painted them silver. They're like, ah, right, we're done with these costumes. Those guys are already dead. Just paint them silver. Imperial Guard now.
1: I I was choosing to believe there was something a little more to it than that, that, like, shot him had sort of molded his guards after those two as a trophy for having them dead or something? Oh, oh, I guess that is a oh yeah. Sense, that seems like something Shadam would do. It
0: no, does that's seem a like good idea. I like he that. Would do. Okay, so they start fighting for a second. Daigo runs up and faces off with Gara, and he's like, "Gara, I am your opponent. And Gara says, yes, just as I hoped it would be, which is very confusing for a moment, Because those two have never had seem to have at least any particular like rivalry.
1: Well, until you remember that Gara had rivalry with Kujuku and sort of by association, Daigo has beef with her
0: specifically. And this is, yeah. And that is very explicitly the case as we find out kind of like immediately thereafter. For some reason, they, they jump out of the Goma Palace and just, they just land in the quarry. Which, it occurs to me, is very weird, because Daigo needed his Kaiden Beast to get up to the palace, so you wouldn't think that he would be able to just jump down from the palace.
1: Uh, you know, maybe you can use Kiryoku to cast Featherfall? I have no idea, dude.
0: I don't... Okay, so uh, anyways.
1: Importantly, Rin also follows them out. Yeah, not sure why. Eh, just so they can split up the party a little more evenly. But, okay,
0: so now it's Daigo and Rin versus Gara. In the quarry, everything circles around <laughs> back to this stupid quarry. Okay. So Daigo, he's like, Gara, you were part of the Dai tribe. Like, Kuchiku sacrificed herself to save you. I can't believe this. Like, how are you still with the Goma? <laughs> and Gara's like, what, you thought. No, 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 you don't get it. I sold my... She says, I sold my soul to the Goma. That cheap sympathy gets nothing from me. Attack! <laughs> and Dai goes like, wait, attacks. cheap sympathy? Like, what do you mean cheap? Like, Kuchiku died! <laughs> she's dead, man! Anyway, Gara she's continues dead to dead not and care. She used the sacred peacock tier to restore you to sight and health. Like, this is kind of a big deal... But I, I think the idea maybe is that Gaara is like 6,000 years into this grudge and darned if she's going to give up on it now.
1: Yeah, like she is the vibe I get. She, she is too far gone. Yeah. So By we the j- way, in a minute we will discover there is another reason why she is refusing to be a good person, but we will return to that shortly.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, Matt, listen... I'm just going to say <laughs> we got to stop jumping ahead and be like, there's something crazy about to happen in a second because we will never get through this because this entire episode is one <laughs> insane moment after the other. Okay. So, just heads up, there's a bunch of like weird cuts here. So, yeah, we're going to do our best to keep it straight. Up. Okay. So we jump from there to Shot'em. He like runs around a corner and kind of teleports through this door. All right, and Rio then, follows him, right, and tries to open the door. But the door explodes gets, on him. Yeah, the the door is like booby trapped or something. So and Rio so we can't find get in the out door. in
1: the moment that this door was the door to the Goma the 15th Throne
0: Room, right. So Shotham runs into this throne room and says, like, hey, listen, the Die Rangers are attacking, and Goma says, Okay, we'll kill him. Like, Goma's not super concerned about it. He's like, Yeah, just murder those fools. Shotham says, I will, but you need to give me, and what's it called, Matt? the... It's called like the earth
1: shaking jewel or something like that. That's right. I'm sure that that is like a weird translation thing. There's probably a better thing to call it, but for the sake of this episode, we're just going to call it the earth shaking jewel because that's what I think the translation said.
0: It's something like that. And I think the vibe is that it's supposed to be, it's like the yo ryoku tenpo rai rai jewel.
1: Yes, that is the vibe that I'm getting. And whereas the Tempo Rai, Rai jewels for the uh, Rangers and uh, Cameo, they're like seven of the things. For the Goma, there's just the Earth Shaking jewel, and it's this giant red crystal that the Emperor uses, and it's sort of his the source of his power, the way he keeps control, the reason that no one can ever challenge him, is because he has this huge magical artifact that no one can touch.
0: Right. So Shottam says, like, you got to give me this thing. <laughs> and Goma's is like, listen, man, you, like, you've gone too far. Like, no. What are you, crazy? I'm not giving you the jewel. I'm still Gome the 15th. And he just, like, pulls out the jewel and blasts Shottam with it. Shottam goes flying off of his pillar. And hits the ground. Yeah, he says,
1: you could, like you will have this thing once I retire, but not before that. And Shaddam says, well, now it's time for you to retire. And then immediately gets zapped to the ground.
0: Right. So now, Shaddam, open rebellion against Gome the 15th. We cut back to Daigo, Rin, and Gara, And it's just, it's a very weird fight. It's just a bunch of, like, weird jump cuts and like, trampoline action. There's not actually a whole lot going on. Yeah,
1: this particular cut, nothing actually happens. I think it's just reminding you that this fight is still going on. It gives you, like, ten seconds of it, and then right back to the Goma Throne Room.
0: Okay. So Shottam is down on the ground of the Throne Room. If you don't remember, Goma the 15th's Throne Room is all set up on these weird pillars. Uh, We've never seen the fact that they are attached to anything, but clearly they are because Shadim is now standing on the ground of the throne room. But again, there's these, these like, weird pillars that everybody stands on slash sits on. So he looks up to the top of the pillar, where Gomer the 15th is looking down at him and like laughing at him, and basically like, ah, you thought, did you think this would work? I'm Gomer the 15th. And then
1: Things are about to get crazy.
0: Things get
1: weird. So <laughs> Thank you says, for qualifying says, like, oh, oh, you still, you're still in the dark on this, aren't you? Well, uh, hey, buddy, now it is time for you to return from the
0: dirt from which you came. So he, like, gestures up at Goma the 15th, and Goma the 15th goes through the same kind of transformation that... Zydos went through. He just starts turning into dirt,
1: and it's really gnarly.
0: Like, cause yeah. you know
1: how he has that. All the goma have like a third eye somewhere. Like he starts falling into mud, and like you see it sort of dripping off of him, and the eye like moving around and what like was desperately socket, searching now, just like falling out of this pile of muck.
0: Yeah. Okay. So here is apparently the deal. 6,000 years ago, in the fight between the Dai tribe and the Goma tribe, both tribes had used up their resources. This is Shodam saying this. He says, you, Goma the 15th, actually died 6,000 years ago. You have been dead the whole time. But the Goma were freaking out because there wasn't an emperor. Yeah, like the
1: Senate wouldn't allow anything to happen without an emperor. And so I fashioned you out of mud and have been controlling everything from behind the scenes. Like this
0: entire time. So
1: if you will remember from way back, you know, maybe five, six episodes ago when he said, I have a trump card against Goma the 15th, this is it. Like, I think Goma the 15th continues to forget it, but... Shaddam yeah. has control over him because he is, like, he's he's a puppet. He's a puppet
0: made out of mud. Right. Okay, what makes no sense is if Shaddam is powerful enough to just create living, seemingly fairly autonomous simulcrum, why doesn't he just declare himself the emperor? Like, I don't understand what is the point of the charade that Gomer the 15th is still there. Why not just say, oh yeah, Gomer the 15th was, he's dead. I'm powerful enough to do this crazy thing. I'm clearly the baddest dude here. I'm Gomer the 16th now. Okay.
1: I have a theory about this, but. Okay. I will, let's wait until we get a little further into this episode before I tell you about it. Sure. Okay.
0: So, okay. So long story short, guys, Gomer the 15th has been dead for 6,000 years. Shottam has been running this whole thing inexplicably behind the scenes. Oh, and remember last
1: episode when the general saw, like, the emperor's hand and was all messed up?
0: Oh, yeah. That was foreshadowing this. Right. So, Shotham, master of the long con, apparently. Very long con. The 6,000-year con. <laughs> the longest con. All right. So we jump outside of there. We see the rangers. They're like beating on the royal guard. You know, Shoji drops like a gravity kick or something. So Shoji and Kazu finish off the royal guard. They come around the corner where Ryo is waiting. Ryo says, listen, we can't get into the door. Like we need to join our Kiryoku and blast the door open because we can't open it because it's booby-trapped. So they
1: do this, they blow the door in, and they run inside, and uh, Shadam is in there, and now Shaddam has his hands on the earth-shaking jewel.
0: Right. Before anything happens with him specifically, Goma is Goma the 15th is calling out to the rangers for help.
1: Yeah, he's they saying, can't like, I, do I anything. a puppet! Like, somebody help me! I'm made out of mud! What's going on? It's weird and unsettling every time that happens, right. it's very unsettling
0: so <laughs> so basically goma the 15th is simultaneously dying slash experiencing a horrifying existential crisis and is dirty. because yeah what's, okay so this is the insane part even when shadow is like oh yeah you're a mud puppet goma the 15th is not like oh okay i'm a mud puppet oh yeah right this entire none of this actually matters because I'm just a mud puppet. Bye. Like he maintains his independent consciousness as his mud puppet body is dissolving.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's horrible. It's heavy, man. It's legitimately horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> if horrifying on the sort of like a small like kids show
0: scale, like it's genuinely a creepy, creepy moment. I wonder, Matt. Okay, so you know Neil Gaiman, right? Sure. Uh, he wrote a story called Coraline, uh, which they then made into a movie. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, it's really good. Okay, yeah, it's super good. It's also super creepy. Apparently, they had, like, when kids watched it, the, like, they did some interview. I was reading something about this that they did an interview, and kids were like, oh, yeah, Coraline, like, what a great story. It's fun, it's crazy, but they were not creeped out by it. Like, it was scary because it's, like, exciting and stuff. But they didn't find it like unsettling and creepy. But like every adult that I've ever talked to that saw has seen it has like, oh yeah, no, it's really strange and unsettling and weird. And so I wonder if this is the sort of thing where like if you were a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, Mud Puppet, he was a bad guy, dead mud puppet, whatever. Go Die Rangers. But as an adult, you're watching it. And it's very, you know what I'm saying. I, I totally understand what you're saying, and I think that you may be right. I feel like that's got to be the case because otherwise, this would not be okay for kids to watch.
1: Okay, okay so cut away <laughs> from that scene, and we're back to. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't cut away from that scene quite yet. So Shadum tells those three dire rangers, Kazu, Daigo, and Rio, that yes. I made the Emperor out of mud, and I made Zytos out of mud, and that's not all. Gara is also a mud puppet. Right. So everyone so- that you've been fighting this whole time, except for me, you've just been fighting my puppets. Ha 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 right. ha
0: you jerks. <laughs> okay. Guess who doesn't know that Gara is a mud puppet?
1: It's Gara. Gara. So, back to the fight with Gara.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. So, Kujaku- I'm sorry, not Kujaku- Dago is fighting Gara and he's like, Gara, how can you trample on Kujaku's soul like this? You know, like how can you disgrace the sacrifice that Kujaku made for you? She she's dead and she did it saving you. How can this be? Is there nothing left? Of goodness inside of you. And of course, we know that there
1: isn't, because she's a mud puppet, but she doesn't know that. And so what she says is the same stuff she's been saying. Like, no, I sold my soul. You know, whatever. You're all jerks, and I'm gonna stab you now.
0: Okay, so Daigo and Ren kind of struggle to their feet. They say, I won't lose. I can't, you know, so they sort of collect themselves.
1: And they manage to turn the fight around, like, you know... Daigo summons a spectral jet fighter. Phantom jets. Illusory jets? Illusory jets, yeah. Uh, Rin throws some whirlwinds at her, and they turn the tide, and they get Gara to a place where they're just going to go over and stab her in the face. Like, they walk over, Daigo pulls out his sword, has it up to her face, and is like, say, and I think it literally says, say your prayers.
0: If he doesn't say exactly that, it's basically, say your prayers, Right. Gara says like curse you Daigo something something. He's about to deliver the killing blow and all of a sudden he untensions as does Rin their tenpo rai rai jewels sort of like float up. They look up to where the energy has drifted and Kujuku appears. She says "Daigo, like wait." And then she turns to Gara and says Gara your soul you're already has already dead. ascended is what she says <laughs> right. Your soul has already ascended she turns to her side and the soul of Gara is there like the actual is-
1: Gara that died however many thousands of years 6, ago 6000 years ago like when that Gara died she ascended to like die tribe heaven or something okay
0: so, first question: What do you have to do to get into Die Ranger Heaven, or whatever? Or rather, like, just how bad would you have to be to not get in?
1: Man,
0: because I don't know. Ga- because Garlic like, straight up betrays the Die Tribe and turns to evil, and somehow is still in like Die Tribe Heaven. So, I'm not sure what's up with that.
1: Either it's very max, or she's sort of in there on the good credit of Kujaku, who did a lot of stuff to help her out. Dude, I guess.
0: Also, I th- are we just to assume that Kujaku did not already know all of this?
1: I think she didn't know this, and she only found it out once she herself died and ascended into heaven.
0: I feel like that's gotta be the case, because otherwise... Otherwise, Kujuku why would she is have sacrificed her life to save a mud puppet? Right, yes. I think we just have to assume... But they never say that, by the way. Like they, ne- Kuchiku never says like when I ascended to heaven, Gara's soul was already here or whatever. She is just kind of laying out things as they stand, and we're left to fill in the gaps. That's been happening for fifty episodes. I don't know why I'm still surprised about it. Okay, <laughs> okay.
1: so Gara. So she says the soul of the true Gara, right, looks at the mud puppet Gara. And basically just banishes her back to Muddom. She says, I think she says the same thing that uh, Shadam had said earlier, like return to the dirt from which she came. Yeah, something like that. And we see her sort of like from her feet up to her head, this sort of like magical line is moving up and she's transforming into mud. And as she's doing it, she's still (laughs) saying like, I am Gara of the Goma. I will like hate and curse you until the like eternity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
0: and she says she's like, "Even if I'm only mud, I still hate you and curse you forever." But on the upside, in heaven, Kujaku and Gara are like super pals again. like everything's good. Okay, so here's what she says. She says, "Oh, don't worry about us. Back
1: like up in heaven, uh, Gara and I are getting along the way that they used to, or the way that we used to. And they right. look at each other very fondly and hold each other's hand. And it makes me wonder if they weren't just friends. Like, huh. like if those two like were an item back in the long, long ago?
0: Mm, yeah. Ooh, maybe? I don't know. I mean, they never they, like, anything, a... it would never say anything, but what
1: explains sort of the intensity yeah.
0: of their relationship? Could be. I'd buy it. Anyway. That's just a sort of a stray thought I had this time (laughs) watching through it. So Kujaku, she turns to Daigo and she says, oh, by the way, uh, this is the last time I will ever appear to you. Like, I'm out forever. This is it. But I'll think of you fondly in heaven. Right. But you were real nice. See you later. And then she's out. That's it. Goodbye,
1: dude. I hung out with her for a little bit. Me and my girlfriend are going to go back to heaven forever. (laughs) Oh, oh okay. and before that, uh, Gara's spirit summons a wind to blow away the dirt that was the Mudgara.
0: Oh, yeah. So there is nothing left of poor Mudgara. So we jump back to the Goma Palace. All right. Shaddam, like, summons the power of the earth shaking jewel and completes his transformation into Goma the 16th. This is where we find out that the jewel is basically the Autobot Matrix of Leadership. Because you don't just get the jewel and then become Goma the 16th. You actually, like, transform. Yeah,
1: so that whole look that Goma the 15th had. Like, the white robes, the weird headdress.
0: The third eye in his forehead. All of that.
1: And also, like, his mannerisms. Like, his, like, high-pitched cackling yeah, when apparently, Shadam transforms, like, all of that stuff, like, he starts to do.
0: Right. Apparently Goma, being Goma, also involves being, like, super crazy and just weird. Okay, Maybe so Maybe the power Shadam... of the
1: earth-shaking jewel just drives
0: you mad? Dude, I don't know. So Shadam basically turns into Rodimus Prime Goma the 16th. Cause like like you can tell there's a difference. Like he's not exact. He's not Goma the fifteenth. He's still shot him, but like. Yeah, he's just a a Goma'd up version. Yeah, of Yeah, he's Shottam. a goma version of Shaddam, so, but he's still himself.
1: So they start to attack him, but you know now he is mega powered. Yeah, and just he's got the whole thing. Blast them with the jewel, and they all fly off and. It's just a bad scene. This, by the way, uh, we are about to transition from episode 49 into episode 50.
0: Yeah. There's one or two things that happened before the end of the episode. A couple of First big moments. First thing, and it's a big one Daijin Ryu, the Great King of Terror, is back. He has sensed that the conflict has reignited between the Dai Rangers and the Goma. He's back. Shot him amazingly, perhaps didn't see this coming. And Daijin Ryu just starts to attack the palace,
1: like, blasting it with electricity. It's, you know, pillars are falling over, things are exploding, people are being thrown around.
0: Yeah, amazingly, Shadam seems surprised. Like, he doesn't know what's happening at first. Someone has to tell him.
1: And I think this is part of him going crazy. Dude, it must be. And so they're telling him, like, we need to stop or get out of here. And Shadam says, no, if I kill you, then the Goma win. And if the Goma have won, that means the conflict is over, and then Dajin will leave. Because yeah. there's no conflict for him to stop. Right. Which I guess makes some kind of sense, but I doubt it's, that that's what would actually happen. Especially if he was going to blow it up by, like, destroying the world.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, so it's Daigo, we flash down, we see Daigo and Rin again are on the ground, because they just finished watching Mudgara be destroyed. Cameo and Ko show up kind of out of nowhere. Entirely out of nowhere. Yeah. And then they're like, oh no, Yu is attacking the palace. And then that's it. Episode ends. So so you can see why we're doing both of these at the same time. Because, yeah.
1: because if we tried to leave it there and then come back next week, uh, I think you and I, Dave at least, would go crazy trying to do it. Uh, uh, (laughs) I I think it's a better payoff if we do it all at once. So, moving right along, episode 50, titled, Let's Go.
0: Okay. So, as soon as the episode opens up, uh, Daigo, Daigo, Rin, and Ko immediately tension and go rushing back to the Goma Palace.
1: Cameo Cameo says, oh, you can't do that because... If you continue the fight, Daijin Ryu will continue to attack. Yeah. But Daigo just says, listen, now's not the time for that. Like, we've got our friends in there. We need to go save them.
0: Just chill. Cameo, I think, is the only person who maybe has, like, fully internalized the truth of the threat that Daijin Ryu poses. Because Daijin Ryu shows up, clearly intent to destroy everything. Cameo's like, guys, no, you don't get it. He will destroy the earth. And everyone's like, yeah, but our three friends are in there, so forget it.
1: Okay, so now, conveniently, all of the six Dire Rangers are together fighting the last remaining villain in, like, his lair. End boss time, right? Right. Or so you would think. It's actually a very weird last fight.
0: Yeah, okay, so... Basically, Shadam has this move that he does with the Earthshaking Jewel, where just, like, red lightning flashes out and attacks everyone that he's fighting. So he just kind of keeps spamming this one move.
1: And Ryu has the brilliant revelation that, hey, he's got that jewel, we've got these jewels, let's use ours to counter his.
0: Right. Amazingly, this works.
1: Yeah, this is the exact right thing to do.
0: Right. So they just pull out their jewels... And they all just point them at Shottam and like all like a beam of energy shoots out of everyone's jewels and shoots over at Shottam and does something. It's, you know, it zaps him. Yeah. And then he it gets zaps up him. And
1: he, he looks at Ko because Ko is like, okay, like, let's finish him off. I have this promise to my mom. And Shadam starts to say, like, hey, Ko, you're my son. But he doesn't actually even get to finish the sentence. Because (laughs) as he gets as far as, like, Ko, you are my... Ryo just jumps in. It's like, shut up. We're fighting. (laughs) Right. He's like, this... No.
0: No. That was not the time, Shadam. It is too late for that. Okay. So, they're about to start fighting again. And Kaku... Like, spirit form Kaku... Appears. Okay. Oh, by the way, while this whole thing is happening, Daijin Ryu is still attacking the Goma Palace. Like, the Goma Palace is literally exploding/slash falling apart all around them while this is happening. Okay. Right. It does not stop when Kaku starts talking to them. So, Kaku arrives, like, again, like, like force ghost Kaku, right? Yeah. And he, and he play- says,
1: He is much larger than any of them. Like, he's sort of, his head is floating above them.
0: Right. And he just says, guys, you don't get it. Kirioku and Yorioku are two sides of the same coin. Originally, they were the same energy field, I guess. And they've just been split apart. If you were to destroy Yorioku, there would be no Kirioku. And as long as Kirioku exists, Yorioku must exist. So the fight will never end. Right. So,
1: like, you can't win entirely, but you, but, like, the fight needs to keep going on to protect the people who are sort of caught in the crossfire between the Kirioku and Yoriyoku.
0: Yeah, so, so literally, their mentor just shows up and is like, oh, okay, so here's the deal, guys. Uh, everything that you've been doing is ultimately pointless. You can never actually be victorious. Yoriyoku will always be here. There will always be this evil in the world. Hooray! And he's, oh, and then he just says, so you guys should just leave. He's like, just get out of here. <laughs> like, like just, just go. Yeah.
1: So, he fades away again. They all are sort of forcibly untransformed. Right. Their Tempo Rai Rai Jewels fly away. Yeah. Shaddam is transformed back into the Shaddam that we have come to know and love. Right. Uh, And he
0: is... Oh, he, by the way, is losing it. Oh, yeah. He has completely
1: lost his mind at this point. Yeah, he's gone. His jewel flies away. We cut outside to Cameo... And his jewel flies away, which is weird because he's not a human; he's a right. giant six thousand year old turtle robot.
0: Yeah, but I'm not sure what's also up with flies that. Away. But yeah, and then Goma Palace just crashes into a mountain. Yeah, because if you don't recall, by the way, guys, uh, Goma Palace is a giant flying upside down pyramid with an eye carved into it, and it just hits the ground. So whatever mechanism was keeping it afloat is broken now.
1: Oh, and Daijin Ryu also leaves at this point.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> she was like, "Ah, eh, my work is done. I'm out." So he flies back towards the moon. Which I don't. Does he like live on the moon? No, he doesn't. Because the no, first time I think we he just see lives him,
1: sort of like in space, and so they use the moon as like a reference point. Right.
0: Okay. So, shot him. Runs kind of away through the rubble of his collapsed slash destroyed palace. Sort of
1: deeper into it. And the Dire right. Rangers are like, hey, we need to go. And everyone starts to leave, except for Ryo, who says, yeah. no, I still need to go finish off Shadam.
0: Like, I cannot rest until I have avenged Doshikaku. I'm, I'm going to go do this. And the other rangers are apparently just like, well, all right. I think they don't have time to stop him is more accurate. Okay. So we cut to another part of the palace, I guess. I think
1: it's back in the throne room, or a different part of the throne room, isn't it? Because there are those pillars Oh,
0: around. yeah, because there are. There's like those red pillars. And up is so-
1: just... Like, laughing and screaming about how, like, all the Goma belong to him. He's finally in charge. Now is his time. He's going to destroy and conquer the Earth. When clearly, none of this is going to happen. What's going to happen is that he's about to die. Either, like, via Ryo or the palace crumbling around him.
0: (laughs) Right. So, Ryo shows up. Shonam turns around. And... Things just get street. Yeah,
1: like, you know how <laughs> like, you were probably expecting the last fight of this show to be some giant, like, space robot monster fight? Right! It's not. It's not! What happens is, Shotum pulls out a switchblade, and then they have a fight. It's <laughs> just right! Like, neither of them like, have their powers, and there's right, one like West Side
0: knife. Story style, just... Yeah, he just pulls a shiv on Ryo... And they're, like, going around. It looks like the Michael Jackson video. Like, they're just circling each other. And they tussle. Shottam has a knife. You know, and... He rushes in on Rio.
1: Yeah. And he sort of, like, pins him against a pillar. And you think for a second that he has stabbed Rio, But then when you look down, like, the camera cuts away. And you see that Rio has managed to turn the knife around on Shottam and has stabbed him in
0: the stomach. Right. So Shottam stumbles back... And now we find out that Shottam is also a mud puppet. Yeah, like instead of bleeding
1: blood, like mud starts like pouring out of his mouth and out of his wound. And he just has no idea what is going on.
0: Right. Okay, so first of all, real quick, we do see Shottam uh, the same sort of thing as like the eye frantically looking around in the mud socket. I don't know why they keep showing us these eyes, but they do. It's creepy and weird. Anyways... I think that's very so, why they
1: keep showing it.
0: Yeah, probably. So Shaddam is also a mud puppet, and he is completely surprised by this. He had no idea. Yeah, like, he knew that everyone
1: else was a mud puppet, but he was convinced that he was really Shaddam. Yeah.
0: Okay. so So... It, he collapses into a pile of mud. His eye... We just see the eye sitting on a pile of mud, and it's, like, glowing slash, like, crackling with electricity.
1: And Ryu is like, oh, well, now it's time to go. It is time to go immediately.
0: Right. So we cut away from there. I'm just, okay, sorry. I'm just going to say this again. Shannam, the guy who created all the other mud puppets, is himself a mud puppet. Please don't forget that. Okay. <laughs> it's important it's hard to forget hey listen, man just, <laughs> just okay. okay, just remember this, all right, so we cut away from there. We see the rangers, they are looking at the palace, they are obviously concerned because, as far as they know, Rio was still in the palace, and he's maybe possibly dead now, cut to a sunset, and then sort of we see Rio fade in walking out of the sunset.
1: And he sort of collapses, and they all run over to him. It's like, oh, like, Rio, you're alive. You're safe. Thank goodness you had us worried. You idiot.
0: (laughs) Right. Playing in the background is a song that is, like, 95% taps. Like, dun-da-dum, bum-ba-bum. And then it just changes. It could just, like, I don't know why. Why would they just change it? Taps is like, you can just play it. You could just have Taps, Die Ranger. But they change it. It's not Taps. And then Rio explains the whole thing. Yeah, he's like, he's dead. I got him. He was also a mud puppet. So that's weird. Right. And everybody else is just like, oh, okay. Shot him was also a mud puppet. Crazy. No one asks any questions about this. Just, they all just accept this.
1: And then we cut away, and you just get, like, a voiceover of Rin, and she's saying, and that's how the Gomo were defeated. And you see that's them it. all, like, running together in a park. Yeah. Just, uh, like, okay. out for, like, a, a jog, I guess. And the, over, the voiceover says, for a while we were worried because Shotham was also a mud puppet, so we were worried that, like, someone else would show up. But nobody did, so. Nope. I guess we're, we all decided to finally disband the Die Rangers.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to tell you so you're not in suspense. It is never explained who creates Shot'em the Mud Pup,
1: ever. Okay. Here is my theory that I referenced earlier, and I will now tell you. Okay. My theory is that the force of Yoriyoku did it. Okay. Like, somehow, you know how, like, Mother Nature slash Kiryoku sort of, you know, by fate has put the Dai Rangers together and done all of this stuff and powered, the, like, created and powered the Kaiden beasts and gave birth to Wong Tiger and did all of that sort of thing?
0: Uh, My theory okay. is that
1: the force of Yorioku, in its sort of equal and opposite way, has recreated the Goma 6,000 years later entirely out of mud so that they could relive this battle so that the two forces can exist in conflict. That's my theory. And I had to watch the show twice to think of that. And I don't know if that means that I'm dumb or that my theory doesn't make any sense, but that's my theory.
0: No, no, no. That, listen, dude, that makes as much sense as anything else. Like that works, sure. Why not? There's got to be some reason. Because at first I was like, "Did is there some is there like a secret other villain?" I was like, "No, there can't be a secret other villain because this is the last episode." So right, there are no sure. more
1: secrets to reveal. Right,
0: so sure, the force of Kyoryoku has created the Goma. Yo Kyoryoku. Uh, Fifty episodes in, Dave. It's Yorioku. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, man. We've been recording for a while. That's fair. That's fair. Sorry, I was going to retort, but you're (laughs) you're right. (laughs) I should be able to keep that straight at this point.
1: So they're all sitting around. Like, I guess we're gonna
0: like this. This is it. Yeah. Like, it makes me kind of sad. But but I guess there's really no reason. And they're like, well, you know, we'll still be like, we'll still be pals. Yeah. We're still like, nope. Guys, nobody's, like, dying, but they are super-duper sad about it. Like, they're crying.
1: Oh, you know, it's like the last day of school, if school was saving the world from evil mud monsters for a year.
0: I guess. Which would be awesome school. Right. So Shoji says, guys, we'll all, you know, we'll return to our original lives. Like, you know, Rin, you'll go back to college. Kazu, you'll be a beauty technician. You know, Ryo, you'll keep making Gyoza. And I just... Like, I really appreciate that Gyoza are like the focal point of Ryo's life.
1: Oh, dude, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I at some point watched the episode of um, Go Kaiser, which is the anniversary series where they brought back people from old series and like the new uh, team okay, right on. were able to transform into the old teams. Okay. And in the Die Ranger episode, the guy they brought back was Ryo. That makes sense. And he's, you know, he's however many years older, uh, like 20 years older, I guess. So he's like in his okay. 40s or something. By the way, still in great shape. Um, Good for him. Yeah, like he like he's in the episode. Like he's fighting monsters and stuff. It's great. Um, nice. But like what he has been doing for the last 20 years is perfecting his dumplings. Like he has a stand and he has made the best dumplings.
0: Like he has, he's cracked it. Dude just has the best dumplings. Anyway, hey, so... Hey, you know what? Listen, man. And I'm happy for it. How him. much perfection did the rest of us achieve in our lives? Ryo has managed to perfect Gyoza. Good for him. So, back to this show. Okay, so... Right. So, they are having their sort of tearful goodbyes. You see Cohen and Cameo are nowhere. No. Nowhere at all.
1: And we have seen them for the last time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More or or less. Well... Co gets a cameo, but cameo does not. Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. So they all sort of walk away. Well,
1: first they sort of, they put all their hands sort of in the middle. You know, they do the thing where like one person puts out their hand and then the other people right, all put it right. on top. It's shot from below. And so their arms sort of all coming out to five points makes it kind of look like a star, which was cool. I don't know if that was on purpose, yeah, but no, when I saw mean- it, I was like, yeah, shining in the heavens, five stars. I gotcha.
0: It's oh, a good moment. And then okay. they all sort
1: of one by one walk away, and Ryo's the last one to walk away. And as he does, there's a moment where he sees Kaku's force ghost walk past, right. And then he goes to he runs it over, and it's gone. And that's it. Like
0: right. There's yeah, no yeah, payoff yeah, You for may that. have, you may have thought I did that when he saw the force ghost that like something was about to happen. Nope. it was just there for a second. Now it's gone. It doesn't even like stop and wave to him. Like we don't even get a return to the Jedi moment where like you know Luke looks over and the force ghosts are kind of looking on approvingly. Kaku doesn't even look over. he just walks by and Ryo sees him and then he's not there anymore. okay,
1: so that's the end of the episode. Oh wait, no, it's not the end of the episode It's now not the end of the episode get the epilogue
0: okay. So we see, we see a computer screen and like Rin is, I guess, writing her memoirs and she says, 50 years have passed. Amazingly, Rin still lives in the same apartment with the exact same decor and technology has not advanced at all in 50 years.
1: And she gets a phone call and the phone call is from, was it Daigo? I think it's from Daigo. Yeah, so she gets a call from Daigo. She says, oh, yes, it's almost time for the Die Rangers reunion. I'm just about to leave. Oh, Co can't make it. He's in an executive meeting right now. And it okay. cuts over to a picture frame. So <laughs> <It's> amazing.
0: <laughs> they do not get, well, like, we see a picture of what is supposed to be adult co. right? Right. What they did not do is just get a grown-up. What they, what they did in fact do <laughs>
1: it's a picture of the actor who played Co., but like he's in a suit and he's wearing glasses and he has like this fake mustache glued
0: to his upper lip. And like like really low grade old age makeup.
1: It is
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we cut away from, we cut away from there. And they are having their Die Ranger like reunion dinner. They are having it in their old secret base. So they're okay. back to Murder Basement. Right, yeah, sorry. They're back to Murder Basement.
1: And they said that 50 years have passed, but everyone looks ancient. Okay, they right. look like cartoonish ancient.
0: Yeah. And they are, like, oh, they're, like, walking around with, like, their hands on their backs. Like, just really bad, like, super stereotypical, like, pretending to be an old person stuff. Yeah, they like say
1: high school theater level of, like, I have to pretend to be an old guy acting. Hey, man.
0: Hey, man. Okay. Back up. Bad high school theater level acting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Shoji shows up. So it's Rin and Daigo and uh,
1: Shoji and Kazu. And, and
0: Kazu are there first. Shoji shows up and they're like, oh, Shoji, you're looking pretty old. He's like, what? I've still got it. And he starts to try and go into like a move and then he like hurts his hip or something. Yeah. And Daigo's is like,
1: oh, you might be the former champ, but you know, your hip is acting up. So don't be an idiot. Right. And so they're so all then sitting Rio shows and They're wondering up. where Rio is, and Rio shows up, and he's wearing like a top hat and tails. He's
0: dressed like Mister Monopoly. They're all dressed like complete idiots.
1: Like <laughs> they all they have gone from looking super cool in the last scene where they are young to looking like just the worst. I'll tell you right yeah. now of these like of these two episodes, this right here is my low point: is that them old look so stupid?
0: Yeah, it does look really dumb. So, but Ryo runs in and he says, guys, the Goma have appeared, like, they're attacking. And they're like, what? Rio? you must be senile or something. And he's like, no, seriously, turn the TV on. I think
1: what they're saying is like, listen, I know we're here for the reunion, but come on, man. Like, you don't need to do that.
0: Right. He's like, no, yeah, no, seriously, they are actually attacking. So he turn the TV on and it's just Baron String. Like, the very first monster that they fight, yeah, it's it, him again. It's
1: a repainted Baron String.
0: Right uh and he actually and then it cuts away and you just see him Baron String. He's already giant. And he's like I'm the new Baron String and he's just attacking. So it's not even supposed to be like coincidental. It's very explicitly just the whole thing starting oh, over again. Right. Like he was um, the first
1: monster before and he's being bookended by this guy now who is the first monster for the new generation. And speaking of the new generation, we see five very familiar faces run up to challenge him.
0: Right. It is, it's just the same, it's just the Dye Rangers again. It's the exact same actors in like slightly different costumes.
1: Uh, some of their different costumes okay, are sorry, cool. Okay, sorry, that's slightly
0: different costumes. Entirely different costumes, but it's very obviously just them again.
1: Oh yeah. And like most of them look cool. Ryo, and they are all the grandchildren of the original Dye Rangers.
0: Right. This is the, this is the idea
1: um, like Daigo looks awesome. He's got like a his hair is slicked back and he's got this denim jacket. Uh, right, Kazu Shoji has looks like, kind of crazy. Kazu has like blue hair that's all spiked up.
0: Yeah, Rio's grandson is like a weird Poindexter in like a checkered suit
1: and a bow tie and like really yeah. thick framed glasses. It's not a good look. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's not something I'd want to watch a whole series of, but it was fun for the moment. And they say we heard about this from our grandparents, and we have been training in secret in preparation of this day.
0: Right. So, at any point here, I am expecting it to freeze frame and be like, you know, and that's it. And it just doesn't. Like it just keeps going. So they arrive. The Rangers are like, "Oh no way!" Like our grandkids. You know, give them what for, young feller, is the idea that I get. Um, and then the new rangers pull out their Tenpo Rai Rai jewels. They summon the Kaiden beasts. At any point, again, at any point, cinematically, it would have made sense to freeze frame. They do not. They go through they do the not. entire fight. Right. Like, they summon the Kaiden beasts. They go through the entire Bujin Henge. Dyerano shows up. He, like, punches on the new Baron's string for a couple of minutes. Like, they just go through an entire fight.
1: And then, actually, you got up to go to the bathroom because you thought the episode was done. Uh, oh, yeah. It was not. It wasn't? Like, what you thought was the credits was actually, like, a whole scene where each one of the dire Rangers went, had, like, a flashback of moments throughout the show. It was, like, a whole flashback montage
0: and oh wow! The very yeah, I guess I shouldn't have gotten up. that.
1: Dairano does like the big sword attack and kills Baron String, and that's the end.
0: <laughs> okay, so so yeah, man.
1: The power of Kyoryoku has yet again like recreated the, the Goma. I guess, and the Dairangers' new generation are back to fight them again to protect humanity from being collateral damage in the ongoing fight between Kyoryoku and Kyoryoku. I guess. Yeah. So.
0: What is it uh what was it about war, Matt?
1: Oh, um that it never changes?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. War never changes. Everything old is new again. Uh And that's the <laughs> show. That's,
1: that's it. That's Ranger, yeah.
0: guys. That's Die Ranger. The struggle and triumphs of our heroes were ultimately meaningless because it's all just starting again.
1: Yeah, but you know, they protected a lot of people in the meantime. I guess. That is honestly that is the weird thing about this show, is that in the and it does seem to sort of cheapen the actions, yeah, of them, but it also, I don't know, I kind of like it because it also makes them part of like a greater mythology that sort of like is reborn right. every generation. so i'm I'm kind of able to balance that out and come away liking it. I, I like the show in general. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, no, i'm I'm still pretty into it. But the ending does twist the whole thing on its head. In a way that, if you look at it one way, is very cool. And if you look at it the other way, kind of makes you feel like you've wasted your time.
0: Yeah, in a weird way. Okay. But so that's it.
1: That's it. We are going to do a uh, sort of bigger reactions, like mini-sode next week. But Dave, for now, what was your high point of this week?
0: Okay. So, for, uh, my high point, aside from just the fact that, like, you know, Crazy, the show's over, the good guys won, kind of. You know, a moment that really stood out to me as super cool was the fact that being Goma the whatever is not just like you don't just assume the throne, that it is this sort of like weird transformative thing. That there is like a mantle of Goma the blank that you take on when you take over the Goma tribe. I thought that was like a really cool, it's like a neat piece of mythology. It is you cool, know what I mean? It's, you know, like
1: one of the strong points of this show that we've brought up a t- time and again is that the slow and steady rollout of what turned out to be a very interesting mythology, not just of the Goma, yeah. but of the whole sort of mythos the whole thing. of the show. Yeah. Like they just did a very cool job of world building that they honestly did not have to do.
0: Yeah, I think that is, I think, the thing that I've been sort of most consistently impressed about with this show is that it's a kid's show, but it's obvious that they took it pretty seriously, which I dig.
1: Okay, so what is your low point?
0: I think my low point is just the weirdness of the Mud Puppet. And again, I I know we talked about this before that maybe it's like something that as an adult I find like kind of strange and creepy, and if I were a kid I wouldn't be bothered by it. But it really did. It was very, it was very disconcerting. The like the weird existential crisis, mud puppet. What? I'm sentient, but I'm mud. Ah, I've collapsed. Like begging for help (laughs) as you like drip apart. Yeah, it's (laughs) it was weird. It was it was a it was a crazy moment, man. And also that they never explain. Why him himself is a mud puppet.
1: Yeah, like, we were able to sort of headcanon that one, but it would have been nice if they had given us a little something.
0: Right. Uh, how about you, man? High point?
1: Honestly? Okay, there's a lot to like about these last two episodes, but something that has stuck with me is I really like the last fight of the show is just like a knife fight between two guys with no powers. It's such yeah. sort of like a weird decision, and I think it works really well. It just boils everything else away. It's like a hero and a villain, like in a deadly fight. It was cool. It's a cool, like <laughs> I can't think of any other things to say about it, but like you know, it's a neat moment that I really didn't expect the first time I saw it. Right, show.
0: like down, like it gets down to the nitty gritty, and this is where this conflict ends. And no, it was it was cool. How about uh how about a low point, man? Oh, I mean, like I said earlier, my low
1: point is the dumb old person costumes that they put them in. Yeah, they that could was have kind done of a, a very of an cool end. job with that and made them, you know, like cool, like awesome, yeah, no.
0: people. <laughs> right, instead of weird cartoony old people. It's not even the costumes didn't even make sense. No, like they, why they wasn't Rio in costumes. like a chef's outfit or something? I don't know.
1: And like the bald cap that they put on Daigo made his head look gigantic. Yeah, it was just strange. Like, it's it just looks dumb. But I mean I guess a counterpoint to that is that the young second generation of Die Rangers do look pretty cool.
0: It's with the exception of Ryo, who looks like a weird sad nerd.
1: Yes, well. Hey man, what do you he's a do? weird sad nerd that gets to be the Red Ranger. You know what Fair enough. you know what he's dressed like? He is dressed like one of the original X Men. Like hanging around the Xavier School in, like, the first five issues of X-Men. If you sort of put that image in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Deep cut, but it works. Anyway, um, so those are my high and low points. And that, Dave... That's it? Finally, that is going to do it for Live and Let Die Ranger. Wow, man. I kind of can't believe we're at the end of this. I know, right? I Honestly, if we hadn't already been recording for, uh... Let's see... An hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours on the phone. I would say we should just do the reaction thing now, but I am wiped, and I think we probably need a little time to process this. So, we will be back. need a minute. I ain't gonna lie. We will be back next time. We're gonna talk about reactions to the show, uh, sort of looking back on some high and low points, and things that we sort of look at differently now that the show is over. I've got some things to say about Akamaru, guys.
0: If you have never emailed, tweeted, found us on Facebook, now is the time, guys. Uh, we'd love to hear your reactions to the end of the show. We obviously have thoughts, but we want to hear what you guys think as well. Yeah, if you have anything so let you want to send
1: in uh, that we can discuss on next week's episode, that would be really cool. Um, And that, yeah, that's that's it for Live and Let Die That's going to do it um before we finish up here i'd like to remind you all you can email the show at super at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us on twitter uh get any updates on future episodes or on what's happening with season two we are on twitter at super sentai bros if you like the show and listen you listen to 50 episodes of this thing i hope you liked it <laughs> if you like the show um especially i said this last week especially right now with season two about to start up if you can take a minute, give us a review, a uh, five-star review on iTunes. That's what's going to help people find the show to get on board for the next season. Uh, we'd be super grateful. I'm already really grateful that you guys listened. Honestly, the fact that as many people have found the show as they have it is, has been it's sort awesome. of surprising. And it's great. And it's very satisfying. And I'm glad you're all here. Thank you so much. Um, otherwise, it would just be me shouting into a microphone every week about a 20 year old <laughs> kid's show. Right. And that's a little sad. So I'm really glad that you have justified my decision to do this. Um, especially because I also roped Dave into it, and I would feel very badly about it otherwise. So. No, man. It's great. I'm having a blast. Uh, thank you all once again. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave.